Okay, we're recording, we're live. That was a snippet from Billy Porter's song called Children. Um, this was, like, brought to my attention recently. And, you know, I've randomly... I, I realized I forgot to watch the last season of Pose, which I, I liked originally. And, I mean, it's become insufferable because, like, Billy Porter is... Um, I don't know. I would just say fake and random to use the vernacular of the pod. He's fake and random. But then, okay, so he has this music video, which is filmed uh, not on a Bushwick rooftop, but like maybe a Tribeca rooftop. So um, there's this music video and it's <laughs> it's what it is. But then at the end of it, he has this um, diatribe. I don't know how to explain it. So let me like try to... Let me skip ahead. <laughs> I just don't think Billy Porter like really was a part of the house ballroom scene. I thought he did a good job in, in Pose the first season I watched. I was like, oh, this guy's cool. But, you know, lately you see him on a red carpet or in any interview or anything. He's the most self-serious person. And uh, I can't imagine him trying to be funny, which like... Isn't that your goal as an entertainer? So at the end of this music video, okay, here it is. He, it, it like the music video ends at like three minutes forty seconds. Like the song is over, and for whatever reason, the editors have like added in like a full minute of him giving like a pep talk to, um, the fellow dancers on this rooftop, and I'm gonna play that now. Okay. Okay, so yeah, that's a little glimpse. Um, what did he say? It was like, it's about you being under the power of my voice. Um, like, psycho. Anyways, I had to get that on my system. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. I had a plan for this episode, which was like, I had set up my computer and, and my microphone, because I haven't done like a morning episode in a very long time. And I was fully going to do that, but then I tuned into... Best friend of the pod, Heather Jewett's live show on Instagram uh, to celebrate her one-year anniversary of Bimbo Summit, um, number one podcast in America. If you're not subscribing, you need to be. Uh, Bimbo Summit is kind of like my rock, and it's just so funny. But anyways, I got kind of activated. It's midnight. It's Wednesday night at midnight, and I'm like, I woke up at 5.45 in the morning today. So, I mean, I took a nap, but, like, I just felt like I, I wanted to take to the microphone now. And so here, you know, we are. 
and we're not going to talk about Billy Porter anymore. Like, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Like, that's... <laughs> there's something very... Um, very fake, very random. Anyways, um, this episode is going to be about television and movies. And uh, you've submitted a lot of questions, which is great. I did give you guys kind of like an operative on Instagram where I was like, submit questions about TV and movies. Because if I do like an advice, like a love line thing, I get a lot of questions that are like, um, so this guy that I was texting hasn't responded in like three months and he's dating someone new. Like, what should I do? And I'm like, <laughs> okay, D- you don't know. Okay. So I didn't get any of that. I had a lot of questions out, but basically the premise of this episode, I kind of just, um, been watching a lot of like weird random shit and, that, like, I don't even suggest anyone watches, but I felt like it was imperative for me to put it on the pod because, like, if I just watched this alone and didn't um, turn it into something else, then it was all completely lost time. And that's why this podcast is so beautiful for me because um, I uh, turn my most depraved whatever like I need to distract myself from my reality into like a form of entertainment, I guess um, for you all. So um, yeah, like I, some of the things we'll be talking about, there's um, a gay Netflix movie, some HBO stuff, a random Canadian fashion competition show. Um, unexplained mystery show the beavis and butthead show netflix comedy specials project runway junior season one i know you're all dying to hear my thoughts on that it was in 2015 the new machine gun kelly movie i took more notes on this than i've taken notes on anything in my life i don't even know who machine gun kelly is and i don't even like him but we're gonna we're gonna i guess get deep i could probably just like i wish i could just have like the computer voice like read it which I I could just select all and do it, but I'm not going to. I took a copious amount of notes, um, and I have a lot of questions. So I feel like I could probably I could probably fill an hour. I'm shooting for an hour, guys. Um, anyways, no. So it's the end of the month. It's June 29th, and uh, you know what that means it means one in ten of you will unsubscribe. Whether it means your credit card has declined, whether it means you're, you know, going to get the notification that you've been billed again and you're like, oh no, not again. It was nice knowing some of you. So yeah, look around the room. One in 10 of you won't be here next month. And uh, this kind of reminds me of the time. I think it was when I hit like either, I think uh, I hit 250 subscribers which was the size of my high school, my entire high school. Um, no, I did not go to private school. I went to a public school. I just grew up in the middle of nowhere. But I Googled, um, what does 250 people look like? And it was just like, <laughs> you get like really weird results. It was just kind of like these weird, um, 
like stick figures in like a, a rectangle. And I was like, that actually, you know, kind of makes sense. It, I just imagine like, oh, my high school auditorium. And then that kind of freaks me out because, you know, I record the pod. I, I, I honestly, I don't expect anyone to be listening. I just, it's again, such a solitary experience. So, and I, you know, it's, it's grown since then. And I'm very glad you're all here. But um, again, one in 10, they'll be gone. Um, I joined the app Be Real yesterday. I did it once. I think I fucked it up. And then I got a bunch of notifications. And I think I'm just going to delete it. I don't know what <laughs> what that shit is. Um, I watched... Okay, so, you know, I wrote a TV pilot... And so, since I wrote it, while I was writing it, I wasn't really letting myself watch shit that I thought would pertain to the genre. Um, And so, I've started kind of watching, like, gay, targeted, like, bullshit. Like, Netflix movies from, like, Canada you've kind of never heard of. So... Um, and then I've like rewatched some Daria specials and like Strange with Candy and like Beefs and Butthead. Those are like my main references. Um, but this movie popped up on Netflix called The Closet Monster. Actually, it's called Closet Monster. And I looked at the cast and it was just like, I saw Isabella Rossellini, um, and like some guy who seemed kind of hot playing like the father figure. And I was like, bitch, I'm in. I didn't realize that Isabella Rossellini was playing the voice of a fucking hamster that this like five-year-old kid like carries around them until he's like 18. It's so cliche and so embarrassing. This is like why I believe in the project that I'm working on or like I wrote because like I hate this vibe so much where it's just like every gay story for like that's sort of targeted towards like teenagers um has to be so pathetic and like revolving around like the coming out story which is i mean listen it's maybe monumental but you know if we all have that same experience then it's boring right like it's rendered boring so like i don't really care about that like i would rather develop characters who are funny and interesting that people could like maybe look up to or just laugh at, you know, keep it simple. Um, anyways, this it's, it takes place in Canada. Canada's going to come up a few times this episode. Um, and this, this like twink kind of looks like Chad, Michael Murray. who you remember from like one tree Hill who I feel like had like giant nipples randomly. <laughs> I don't know. Like his shirtless pictures. I was kind of like, Whoa, <laughs> you know, like headlights on like, uh, like that scene in Dumb and Dumber with Mary when uh, Lloyd is drifted off to sleep and he wakes up on the highway. Anyways, um, I mean, Isabella Rossellini wasn't in the movie. <laughs> so I was like, wait, this is fucking bullshit. I didn't even realize at the end that she was voicing the hamster. I thought it was like a another gay guy. Um, but basically, yeah, he, he, you know, he lives with his dad. His mom left, blah, blah, blah. He works at like Home Depot and uh, just like has to himself then like doesn't get any colleges like goes to a party and takes molly and um i'm very particular about party scenes 
and I've written a party scene in my little script, but it's like when, when it's so trying to be like um, emulating a drug experience for the first time or being nervous during a drug experience, I find these scenes like very nauseating and very hard to get through. So I kind of like fucking hate that shit. Um, and it had that and he like meets this like guy who like honestly the whoever casted this movie is insane this guy was like 35 but he's playing like a high school teenager and then they start like making out and uh they go into a bathroom and then he just immediately starts like fucking this twink the main character who's like never had sex or like kissed a guy before and then he just like starts like throwing up uh and I'm like this is really weird and unnecessary and also like that's so unrealistic like I think it was written by a gay guy too. I'm like, you don't just like get fucked for the first time bareback. I mean, maybe you do. <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't have the options really, but like it, it was just so um, too easy and it didn't seem very delicate or integrate, uh, intimate. Did I say integrate? I don't know. Um, I cracked a white claw and I didn't even like sipped it yet. Hold on. It was just very fucking weird and random. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Then he has this, like, weird fake love interest of a, a co-worker. Um, and then he doesn't get into his, like, like <laughs> college he wants to go to. And the, the movie just kind of ends. Uh, it's, it's very useless. I do not recommend Closet Monster. Anyways, um, I do recommend Irma Vep on HBO like it tears the house down it's very layered very cool I like TV shows and movies about making TV shows and I talked about this on like Jock Peterson's podcast I was just on where like nothing that's like meta impresses me or I don't think it's cool I think it's actually kind of impossible to be meta now in an interesting way I mean, maybe, like, R- Ryan Treecarton could, like, re-enter the scene and kind of give us something. I think he's probably our last hope for that. But, like I said, we're kind of just all lying down in a hall of mirrors, just shriveling up. And, like, we're, we're tired of our own reflection. We're tired of everyone else's reflections. Like, who cares? But Irma Vep is, you know, there was a movie in the 90s, I think, 98? Um... And in the movie, it was like based on a vampire movie from the 20s. And the same director is doing this HBO show. And it's about a director taking that movie and making it into a television series. And also like another added layer to that, which is like the director in real life from the original movie. Um, in the movie, the director casts this woman he is obsessed with and wants to marry. And then like in real life, the guy did marry the actress. They were married for like, three or four years um there's a lot of layers of shit within the show or up um they it's really interesting how they handle it so they're like recreating a movie from the 20s and they'll like show them kind of setting up for these scenes and these gorgeous parisian like ballrooms and like hotels it's like it's it's really a it's a visual feast guys and so then they'll like be setting up for the scene with like actors and like modern day, but then like the scene will play out on screen with like 
old timey subtitles and like black and white silent and with a completely different cast. So it's like referencing a movie that hasn't even been made really. Um, and there's a lot of contemporary cool shit too. Um, you know, there's like electric vehicles. They all get driven around in. It's a lot of, it, it keeps you entertained. It's done very well. It's very sophisticated. I think it's very sophisticated. I did get a question about um, Irma Vep that I'll probably just ignore now because I'm, I just wanted to talk about it. So thanks for writing in, but I just, yeah, I just answered it. Sorry. I keep belching. Okay. I'm good. Um, I've been like craving, uh, fashion competition shows. So I started watching this show called stitched. It's on Hulu, but it's Canadian. Which means everyone's so dull and unfunny. No offense. I do have, like, a lot of Canadian listeners. I, like, I'm always shocked. I don't know how you guys found me. But I always get the Patreon email that's, like, you know, CA and then, like, dollar sign seven. I'm like, wow, your money's, like, the same but, like, more? Like, do you have, like, American I don't know what goes on. I've been to Montreal once when I was, like, 19. I went to the, the Biodome. I loved it. Um... Anyway, sorry, I'm not trying to shit on Canada, but like Stitched. Okay, so I just threw on episode one. I didn't really know what I was expecting. And it's um, a 30 minute, there are 30 minute episodes, but like every episode is just like an entire competition. So it's like four people and there's three challenges. And then by the end, one person wins and then it's it. And then the next episode is a completely new set of four people. Which is like totally insane. <laughs> like the host is like Joe Z, which I forget what he was on, but like it's you know only probably gay guys and certain women, maybe from Canadian experience. I don't know. Um, would even know who Joe Z was. What was he on though? He was not like America's Next Top Model, was he? Hold on, I'm, I'm googling Joe Z for a second. Um, but I mean, the show is, I mean, they have like four hours to make, like the challenges are so fucking weird. Um, they do like a lot of unconventional challenges. They're like, make a dress without using any sewing, um, use camouflage only use like, you know, whatever. Okay. I'm looking up Josie. I don't even all on the line. I don't know that fab life. Don't really know that. The city. Oh, he's in the city. Stylista. Oh, say yes to the dress. Yeah, I don't watch it like that. But yeah, maybe I should. My instincts are typically pretty good. Anyways, if you need something really fucking dumb to watch, um, and then I I watched um, season one of Project Runway Junior, which, for the record, I've seen before. And uh, it's weird to watch, you know children between the ages of 13 and 17 like like compete um but they were much more talented than not much more i would say they were as talented as the adults on stitched uh you know not to be like uh xenophobic or a nationalist uh america wins again sorry canada and there's also this like demented blonde like little twink who's like 15 who like flirts with Tim Gunn a lot and like 
Tim Gunn has, like, no idea how to deal with it. Like, in the first interaction, like, Tim Gunn comes into the worker and he goes over to, I think, let's just say his name's Matthew, I think it is. He's like, Matthew, like, what are you working on today? And he's like, and I had Tim, like, you're like a god. <laughs> Tim's like, what the He's like, um, okay, well, um, what do you have here for me? And I looked up this, like, Twink's Instagram. He's, like, obviously, like, 25 now. Uh, and, like, is friends with, like, <laughs> Kathy Hilton. And, like, has a Rolls Royce, and he's so rich. Like, of course, like, anyone on these shows, like, that's such a child that has, like, a explored fashion interest. Like, your parents are rich. Same with, like, those weird, like, Top Chef Junior things. Like, how do you even make food? Like, how do you even have, like, a surplus of food in the home to, like, dick around with, like... I used to eat, like, eggs for dinner. <laughs> and, like, ramen. Anyways, who cares? Boring. Um, Project Runway Jr. is... Um, it's a whole-ass mood, you guys. <laughs> uh, I watched the Beavis and Butthead movie called uh, Beavis and Butthead Do the Universe. It's worth watching. It's cute. I love Beavis and Butthead. I've been told I sound like gay butthead numerous times uh for years it's not even like a recent thing it's just uh it's just you know it's how i sound i've i can't believe that's this is what i sound like i've tried um to like change my voice before the pot i'm just like fuck like i can't believe this is me but at a certain point you just have to accept like who you are and you know this is how it comes across this is how i'm expressing myself as best as I can, and, uh, yeah, um, I sound like gay butthead, I mean, hey, it's, <laughs> it's paying the bills, um, but it won't be for long, because as I said, one in ten of you will unsubscribe, but it was funny, it was cute, I don't think it was as great as, like, Beavis and Butthead do America, but then, again, I was in a different stage of my life, and I thought everything was much better than it probably was, but, um, I think it's cute, it's worth watching, I, I think the whole idea of it like, is funny. Um, they like, uh, well, that, without spoiling, they like go to outer space and somehow get into like a black hole, wormhole, and they enter contemporary American life from like 1998. And it's not so like stupid. And they just like have an iPhone. They like don't know what to do with that. Anyways, I don't want, again, just watch the movie. If you like it, if you like Beavis and Butthead, which you should, um, I think you'll like the movie. It's cute. It's charming. It's heartwarming. You know, anything that reminds you of your youth without being so punishing about like contemporary values, which are so fake and stupid. They go to like a college campus and uh, they, they, um, they walk into like a gender studies class and the teachers narrated or uh, voiced by Tignataro and it's funny or it's cute. You know, it's like they, they tip their toes into like the water enough, but it's not so about anything, you know, quote unquote relevant um, or like of today. Um, what else? Okay, so I watched, like, there's been so many Netflix specials that just dropped because of, like, I don't know, it's called, like, Netflix Kills Comedy? What's it called? Like, oh, no, it's called Netflix is a Joke. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Not me having, like, a Bikini Kills moment. So, I watched, like, four different specials. 
and like they get like a famous person to like host it and they have like their friends um join them i think like the host curates their guests first one was amy schumer called parental advisory i thought it was funny you guys know i love amy schumer i don't give a shit what you think about me thinking about amy schumer she's made me laugh so many times she seems like a real person to hang out with it's cool uh and you may disagree with like some of her like social media stances i just kind of feel like when you're at her level it does seem unless you're like a perfect democrat like you're just not you just i don't even know i'm not gonna be that person but i'm also not as funny or as hardworking as amy schumer um but it was called parental advisory is about like uh new parents kind of um that was funny she tore it crazy i forget who was on it but i think this is probably my favorite one of the four that i'm going to mention um the next one is pete davidson uh pete davidson (laughs) called the best friends um i i like pete davidson too nail me to the fucking cross okay his father died in 9-11 where was your dad on 9-11 hmm that's not even funny i'm gonna delete that his friends are funny it was cool it was fine nothing to really i mean i remember a lot but i didn't turn it off there is one i did turn off and i'll i'll get to that um the next one was bill burr called friends who kill i don't remember a whole lot i think it was funny there was one guy that's like really annoying like british comedian who his shtick is being like so like stiff and uptight um not even like in a british way just in like a very like sociopathic i forget his name but he did have like kind of a funny joke about michael jackson that was very dark and depraved but i was like glad to see it because like netflix is you know very sterilized um and he's like oh remember when like michael jackson like you know held up his baby over the railing of that hotel and he was like shaking him he's like that's not how you get calm off of a baby. <laughs> like that's, you know, I'm I'm a mature loser. I thought that was um, that was a funny joke. I mean, you just don't hear jokes like that so much anymore on on Netflix. Maybe in person, um, it's stupid. It's offensive. Um, and the last one I watched was uh, the Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin. Who, for the record, I I love both of them. It's called Ladies Night Live. Um, I turned it off in like the middle because like I, the first woman I loved, I don't remember her name. The next two, um, I recognize their faces, but they both just did like actually like a big theme of all of these specials because they were released like basically within like two weeks of each other, like very recently. I don't know when they filmed them, but it must have been, like, when, like, mask mandates were lifted or, like, you could get back to theaters, which was quite a long time ago. Um, I don't think it should take that long to edit a comedy special when you, like, these performers have nailed their routine. Like, they know what they're doing. It doesn't take, like, a whole lot of work, I think, as an editor um, to, like, stitch it together. However, every single one of the women after the first performer did, like only covid material and it was all about how like anti-maskers and like anti-vaxxers were like 
horrible people. Like one woman who's like very famous, she hosted some like show on HBO. She was like, oh my God, when you see like a guy in the grocery store and his mask is like pulled down like underneath his nose, like I'm going to call security. Like, bitch, it's like fucking June in 2021. Like, you don't even have to wear a mask in New York. <laughs> We're the most like, um, you know, dense city in America. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I just like had enough and I turned it off middle of the day broad daylight i fucking had enough um the covid jokes like okay i mean maybe you want to like start off trying to relate to people i guess you know i wasn't in the room but i get i don't know i just i've been in situations for you know i i just kind of always stayed social uh not always but like in the last year and a half for sure after like uh the new year of 2020 into 2021 i was like i kind of made a vow to myself i was like i actually don't care if i get covid now i used to be kind of afraid um but also kind of made me feel like it a lot of my own shit came up about like uh, like agoraphobia or um paranoia a lot of shit and i was like oh my god like i can't do this anymore um that's when i did sober january so cheers to that and i was just like fuck it like i'll just get the uh, the flu <laughs> i'm sorry i'm young ish i'll just get it and knock on wood so i got it um anyways also jane fauna and lily tomlin were like oh it was it was rough they had like cue cards like not cue cards but they had like cards in their hand they were trying to riff with each other but they weren't even like talking at each other they were kind of just like rocking back and forth it seemed very fucking weird and the jokes they had were just like it was honestly like i don't know who wrote this shit i swear to god it was like the the main joke of their intro was like lily tomlin being like considering what's going on we shouldn't call it history we should call it herstory <laughs> no one laughed because it's an event uh, a comedy on all women i was like whoa like who did taylor lorenz write this like what is going on what is going on um Okay, so I randomly turned on this show called The Unexplained with William Shatner. And it's spelled like unexplained without the E, but the X is capitalized, so it's like unexplained. William Shatner is like such a bizarre person, such, uh, such a weird voice. Was he on like Star Trek? What did he... Um, I think so, right? I never watched that show. Actually, like I had a friend like beg me to watch it, and I did, and I was like, okay, like the costuming is cool sorry I'm, I'm just googling william shatner so he's this show on netflix uh yeah oh he's from can oh he's from montreal canada how did i know um star trek boston legal a movie called senior moment came out last year this year tj hooker that seemed like it ran for a few years anyways um he's like a really 
great presence and like interesting uh narration um and so every episode so okay there's one season but there's like 16 episodes that are like 45 minutes long and the themes are like unnatural nature or like unexplained beasts and like you would think that on netflix they would really drag out these like controversial unexplained stories but i'm i'm telling you like every episode it's like 12 like 8 to 12 like instances of the topic that they just kind of bring up and then they are like well what do we we don't know what do we know and they try to like then rationalize it a little bit but they kind of leave it open so the first episode was about like uh i mean they they started off i don't remember the name of it but there's that famous suicide forest in japan um where who was it jake paul paul logan logan i don't know who the fuck went there he got canceled for like a fifth time i don't even know um but there is a forest in japan where japanese people go to commit suicide and they're kind of trying to like wrap their heads around it um i mean suicide is pretty common in japan i heard once i don't even know if this is true but i saw it on like tumblr like fucking 10 years ago that they like installed like mirrors on the bottom of like the subway track so people could like see the reflection hopefully like not jump but they're kind of trying to like explain it like metaphysically this forest um that there's like a geomagnetic field because Mount Fuji erupted a thousand years ago. And a lot of the hikers climb into these little caves, which are actually like molten lava formed um, dwellings and has like an, uh, they call it an unnamed compelling force, um, which means that there's like some sort of, vibration that makes you depressed um you know i don't know i wasn't there and then like they kind of i didn't really get the vibe of the show and they segue into this like thing where there were these nine hikers like somewhere in eastern europe these nine hikers who are very professional they climb this like mountain they set up camp um and they set up camp in a in a place they weren't really like they shouldn't have judging by the wind patterns that were typical they shouldn't even like set up there but they all did and then all nine of their bodies were found um they had like slashed their way out of the tent as if like something catastrophic had just happened they're all trying to like claw their way out of it and they're all found like different injuries like some had like some were like burned some of their skulls bashed there were broken bones from inside even though they were like just on snow one woman had her tongue missing. They like crushed lungs. There was no evidence of like an avalanche or like an attack from a local tribe. They think that like the wind maybe caused some like low frequency sound that made them like go insane. And it can cause like your eyeballs to vibrate and like psychosis and infras- infrasound. I don't know. It's like fucking crazy. But I don't like really believe it or care. I. You know, it's like some very um was that show that everyone pretended to love, like called like Yellow Tails or something? <laughs> Not Yellowstone. You know the show. 
I think it was a Canadian show. Not to be a bitch. Love. I mean, <laughs> I bet Toronto's a nice place to live. It just seems like Williamsburg proper, like now, and then just like more of that. Like every, every there's like a made well in every corner. Um, they do like a haunted house or like a haunted episode, and there's this water park um in uh North Carolina, I think, and these children just kept drowning, like getting stuck in the pool and drowning, like six kids drown. they're like, okay, we have to like shut the park down because like there must be something dangerous or at least like no one's like going to come. <laughs> so just like, you know, it's not, a, it's not a huge town. Like everyone knows like kids just fucking die there like multiple times a year. And they discovered it was on like a native American burial ground, uh, which is always like, the worst case scenario and they found like bones and weird shit and people would visit and they would see like swings moving without anyone in them and eh, whatever it's all that shit um there was this house in indiana where this guy built it and it was shaped kind of like a cross it just looked like a normal house but from above it had like the floor plan of a cross this woman like would get like claw marks on her back boards from the roof would shoot out her son who was like renovating it i don't know like 10 people committed like everyone who owned the house committed suicide so there were like six to ten suicides in this house in like 50 years it's like nuts um and then there's another episode about like unnatural phenomenon like the mothman the goat man chupacabra the mongolian death worm and also they talk about how like octopuses octopi like their dna and this is like uh, you know it's on like cnn octopuses like dna is like actually from outer space and they like weren't from earth <laughs> like they think that like octopi is like dna was from a comet that hit earth and that's why they're here and that's why they're the most like intelligent beings on earth and they're like fucking nuts and there was a woman who's been struck by lightning twice, which is fucking random. You know, she's like a Navy person, got struck by lightning, fucked her up. You know, her hair will just like stand up every time she turns the light switch on. She gets like zapped. She could feel a thunderstorm coming and she got zapped again for a second time. The first time she got zapped like so hard, like no one could even believe she was alive. I think she was like in a coma for like months. And then the second time she like you know, like it seemed like it was going to rain. She opened her back door, got zapped again and like shot back into her living room, like 10 feet. Like <laughs> talk about random you guys. Oh yeah. Wow. Anyways, I mean, check out this. Sh- it's like, I, I put it on and I just like, I let it kind of play in the background it's kind of unsolved mystery vibes and uh i don't i don't know if i recommend it but i took a nap to it and it was great you put on quiet and i'm just like what's interesting though is it's so fast paced like you'd expect again i'm 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 circling back a little bit um you'd expect them to kind of just like drag netflix is known for this dragging out something fucking kind of mysterious for like eight hours you know and he's blast through all these fucking things which I kind of just did too. 
So now I don't even need to watch it. I've only watched like literally four episodes out of 16. I, I literally think it's like 16 episodes that just dropped. Uh, William Shatner. I think we all love to see the word chat as well. Um, I meant to bring this up when we were talking about like clothing and like um, fashion competition shows, but I've always get, I bought like my friend, like a, a onesie, like teddy bear looking thing from LL Bean like a year ago. And sometimes on Facebook, when I log in, I get like targeted ads for like toddler clothing I don't realize it and I get so excited because I look at the proportions of these garments and I'm like, oh, that is like perfect for my body type. Like I saw this like cardigan. Um, that was like it was from Ralph Lauren. I was like, oh my god, finally I figured it out. Someone with like a, a, a <clears throat> slight belly. Um they get me and I clicked on it and like the sizing was like one T, two T, three T. I'm like what's the T and it was, uh, it's toddler. So, uh, I was like, why is this cardigan $40? It looks really nice. Cause it's tiny. Um, and it's happened with like parkas or like, you know, like a bubble jacket with like a hood. I'm like, Oh my God. I'm like, that looks so cute. It fit me really well. I don't have to like, you know, worry about the proportions. So I've been, um, you know, if anyone's like a, a, a maven or like a career, an entrepreneur, I have like a really good idea for a clothing line. It's like clothes for pudgy guys. And you just literally take the patterns from toddler clothes and blow them up a little bit bigger. And we will fucking buy it. Like everyone's obese in America. Like I'm technically, actually, I might not be obese right now, but I was a month ago. I was right on the limit. Either way, you know, you, you know, I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, actually, I'm going to just take a quick, I'm going to use the bathroom. And I'm going to talk about the Machine Gun Kelly documentary, which I don't know why I watched. I don't really like him. I don't care about him at all. But I was curious. And, you know, I got time on my hands. So I will be right back. Okay, we are back, and for whatever reason, I'm going to talk about the Machine Gun Kelly Hulu doc called Life in Pink. Um, I didn't really, I don't, like one time a friend played Machine Gun Kelly in my car when I was in New Jersey, and I was like, okay, pop punk makes sense in this situation but like i fucking hate the vibe of pop punk or i'm just too old for it which is like the real tea um so early in the doc like he has a daughter which i didn't know he had a daughter and the daughter's like 12 years old so i like immediately got on the googler schmoogler i'm like how old is machine gun kelly he's 32 years old i thought he was like 20 22 i literally thought he was like 22 24 max is he's like tattoos that are very it's like um they're very graphic and not uh they don't seem very like lived in it seems like he got inspired like the album cover of like pink floyd's the wall and like just 
built. It, it seems like very designed. Um, and you know, I'll get to this. But I mean, I'm not. I actually, do, I took the the amount of notes I took for this um, is like two full computer scrolls of my notes app. Like it's it's like you know 500 words of notes. I don't really know why. I just I was like. I watched, I started watching and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to, again, transform this into some form of entertainment for other people because if I just do this myself, like it just feels um, useless and a waste of time, which ultimately was, I would say the the doc uh, was a weird sort of puff piece for him to seem like a, a legitimate person and not a poser, which like, I don't really care if he is or not. But I guess he has been in the game. He was a rapper, and he would battle rap with people. Um, he grew up in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, and, I mean, uh, okay, yeah, sure. Um, but, yeah, I, I thought that, like, for some reason, like, him and... So, Megan Fox, Megan Fox is 36, and I thought that, like, they had a way bigger age difference. It's only four years. It's actually not even worth noting. Um, but I just, I literally thought this guy was in his twenties. I found out he had a daughter. I was like, this is crazy. Um, you know, he, he was talking about how he's like doing drugs a lot and how the drugs are like fucking him up, but like literally they only show him like rolling up blunts and like maybe once pouring some like Benadryl into a bottle of Sprite. And I'm like, <laughs> girl, it's like a gay guy happy hour. Like give me a fucking break but i guess he was a rapper before quarantine and then he picked up the guitar and he started playing covers of other people's music and getting a lot of hits on youtube and you know instagram tiktok whatever um you know, he's friends with travis barker which doesn't make him seem like less of a poser i mean i guess you know travis parker wasn't you know he's built uh an empire but you know blink 182 was just like a normal band and they had like this random sort of stratospheric rise to fame but you know you see where travis barker is now he's like part of the kardashian family um and i'm like is mgk just kind of i'm just gonna call him mgk <laughs> it's like two less syllables than machine gun kelly uh, like is he just travis barker now like after he sold out and that's kind of the whole a big part of the movie is like him reckoning with like fame or not having the right kind of attention and it's really embarrassing to even like have for like a man to do this being like no like i'm not fake like <laughs> And there's, like, a scene early on in the movie where, like, he's playing some demos for, like, a crowded boardroom of, like, music executives. And he, like, gets on the table with his, like, studded leather motorcycle jacket. And he's just, like, thrashing around on top of the table in this boardroom. And everyone's just kind of like, uh, okay. And in that moment, I'm like, well, music executives, like, seem kind of cool <laughs> rather hang out with them than him um <coughs> then he does this like surprise concert in venice beach and he performs a song and i don't know his music i, I can't even name the song it's, it's fine you know um and the lyrics are i'm still young wasting my youth i'll grow up next summer i'm like dude you're 32 and you have a 
12 year old child like what are you like this is why people think you're fake because like you're not actually like writing from real experience in your current life right like and then his like album gets released it was like number one hits he like smashes a cake on some like hollywood like tour bus he like kicks the windshield out of his like friend's g-wagon driving down like sunset boulevard on like tiktok i'm like this is so um annoying he releases a nail polish line called undone um conor mcgregor this like uh fighter and not mcm uh what is it called like mcw i don't know the fucking ufc here we go um starts like getting to a physical altercation at like the vmas and then he's supposed to perform first and then he gets like bummed from the lineup and like actually foo fighters are really gonna perform first and then he has to go on after that so his first vmas were like you know a mixed bag then there's some like music festival where, like the guy from slipknot like is like this dude sucks he's like i've opened for you before like i don't know like <laughs> i guess when, uh, this caught some headlines and not many but like he and i don't really know if this story's true i you know i'm like i typically believe victims but like this one just seems a little fucking fake to me correct me if i'm wrong he's like oh i'm so troubled like i'm so fucked up like i'm so fucked up meanwhile like i'm i'm telling you his demeanor like even in the scenes where he's like being filmed like drinking quote-unquote lean which i'm like i don't even think you were that fucked up he seems composed he's never actually out of control i mean i just described how he's like kicking like a windshield out of a moving car but he didn't seem like he didn't seem so out of sorts he just seemed possessed by like um he, he just didn't seem reckless or in danger of himself i just have an intuition about these things it's fine if you don't believe me. I really don't care. But so he was telling the story about how he was on the phone with um, Megan Fox and he had a shotgun in his mouth, literally trigger warning. He was on the phone with her and she's like, I don't like that you're two different people. Like you and, you know, me and your daughter, we both love you, but then you have this other side of you. It's so bad. And then he like cocks a shotgun and tries to like shoot himself, but then the bullet like. He, like, pulls the trigger, allegedly, and the bullet gets, like, stuck in the chamber and, like, bends itself in half. And she's on the phone when this is happening. But then they don't even talk about, like, what happens after that. He's like, that's when I knew I needed to stop doing drugs. And then it's like, you know, and then they move on to something else. I'm like, holy shit, like, this is, like, the movie if you actually want to make something revealing or vulnerable. It's like, what drugs are we even on? how did you quit them and like did you quit them because he kind of still keeps like there's all these like montages and like rolling blunts and shit and it's like what like this it it doesn't seem real to me like at all um does anyone you know if you've seen the movie sound off in the comments i don't want to seem like a huge bitch i just truly think this is like fucking made up to create some sort of like edge i just don't think he would do it he doesn't seem crazy enough to do that shit. Um, I think he loves his daughter too much. Also, like, Megan Fox is like barely in the dock, and I'm like, interesting. Because like, 
that's kind of why I watched it. I wanted to like see their romance bloom, but like she's not. And I'm like, oh, this is like literally his music is for like teenage girls. And I think that's who this movie is for. They just want to see him, you know, walking around, like doing stuff. He like visits his hometown, blah, blah, blah. I also just kind of feel like if Jeffree Star kept making music that like he would eventually turn into exactly what like Machine Gun Kelly is like right now. Um, or Olivia Rodrigo. I think like to me, Olivia Rodrigo and Machine Gun Kelly, like the same exact, they have like the same tenacity. Like, right. <laughs> They're not, I don't know. It's like a reference of a reference and like they're trying out new genres and they're just, you know, very successful at it. And mostly he just wants a number one record and we see that happen time and time again in the fucking doc. He just like, just wants a number one. And he always gets it. He's like so like incredibly successful. His first album was like a rap album that got like a billion streams. So he tries to bring that up to like the Slipknot guy. You know, to like no avail. He's like, I don't care about like your streams. <laughs> um, you're a fake loser. I mean, I'm just jealous because he's like 32 and like still has the body of a twink, and he's like six four. Um, you know, must be nice. Um, and then he finally does. I'm like, to- I'm blazing through these notes. I could have done like a full hour on this Machine Gun Kelly doc, but like, now that I'm in it, like. You know, I truly do not care. Um, So he's like, of course, there's like two cameras on him in his home. And he gets a phone call from like, you know, his record executive. And um, he's like, MGK, you got the number one, which is all he's wanted. So this new album is called like, wait, what's it called? It's like mainstream. Fuck, hold on. Uh, it's important because it's so dumb and so stupid. Um, fuck, 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 fuck. It was called Mainstream Sellout. He's like, yeah, I'm going to call it Mainstream Sellout because, like, that's what everyone calls me already. So, like, I'm going to give it right back to him. Like, oh, my God, like, you can't be postmodern in 2022 or 20. I actually don't know what year it is. <laughs> Hold on. It's 2022. I feel like I was talking I was on this pod earlier to someone uh, earlier tonight. I was like, you know, it's 2021. And like, no one corrected me. Um, It's 2022, bitch. Okay. So then he's like at this, this like kitchen table. He gets the call. The call he's been, you know, the whole movie's kind of been culminating. Like, will he get the number one for his, you know, new little album called like mainstream sellout? And he does. And he's like scribbling. Of course he's like scribbling with like Sharpie in a notebook. And he's like, (laughs) there's like such a long pause. There's actually many long pauses. So the guy on the other, uh, the other end of the line is like, you got the number one, like grats pause nothing machine gun kelly's just like scribbling and the guy's like you got the number one like this you know you know uh this is the best day right he's like fucking awesome man 
and he's like pretending to care about what he's scribbling in his notebook more than like this number one thing like unbelievable (laughs) i can't even fucking like you made us like suffer through this whole movie and then you just like pretend you don't care it's all pretend he's fake he is fake everyone's right about him he's fake so yeah that's my um review of the machine gun kelly documentary called my life in pink i can't believe i did this i could just cut this out but like mm, no you're gonna have to suffer through it with me so yeah i'm gonna take another just tiny little break well i don't need a break but i'm just gonna like pause so i can like bang the gong and then i have a lot of questions um about television and movies uh so i will be right back okay we're back and i'm here now to answer all your burning questions i got i was gonna say like i'm gonna answer your 20 questions but i just counted and there's like 30 questions and you know I've done about an hour already so I think I'm gonna kind of like rapid fire go through these I'll you know uh, they're not super deep so let's just get into it um first question is there any hope for drag race to get better what would it take um I think they need to cast people over the age of 30 because I think they've realized their target audience is no longer people my age. It's like teenagers and like people in their twenties who are kind of dumb. That's why you don't see any Latrice Royales, Chad Michaels, you know, I don't know. Also like, is it just like that anyone who would be famous in drag now, even if they aren't on drag race is just having a career, which is good. Um, I don't know, but I think you got to change the age. Not there's a limit, but like, give us a fucking break. Next question. Any thoughts on Shaws of Sunset? I watched, I've seen every episode of the show. It ran its course. Basically, like no one, uh, they all had like such ugly sides of them that were irredeemable and it just made for terrible reality TV. And I'm glad it's canceled. I don't want to see another. Well, maybe. But no, it's fine. Um, This question's kind of a big one. And I actually thought about it for a second. So, what are your top three TV shows? So, top three. Six Feet Under. Seinfeld. Real Housewives of New York. That kind of just, like, sums up my whole um, vibe. Um, there's, I mean, I could go on and on. I'm not going to. But, like, that's the tea, sis. Next question. Did you ever watch For the Love of Ray J? If so, thoughts. I've not seen the show. If it's good, make a case for it in the comments. Um, but I've not seen it. Next question. Who would you cast for the new Real Housewives of New York? Not the legacy one. So they're trying to recast, um, you know, entirely new 
cast in New York. Um, I don't know any off the top of my head because I just feel like it should be like women of a certain age in like the Upper East Side. But I think they're trying to do like a, a younger downtown thing. I know you want me to say Julia Fox and Kat Marnell. However, like, no. Um, I just love them. But, you know. Well, I love Kat. I don't know. I think Julia Fox is insufferable. The whole, like, just the publicity stunts in this day and age. Like, you can get attention other ways calling the paparazzi on yourself just seems just completely undignified like i don't care i'm too old to fall for this shit like i literally do not care um next up mary fuck kill wit stillman noah bomba noah baumbach and hell hartley um i only know who noah baumbach is kind of so i'll marry him and then i'll i don't care about the rest next up mary fuck kill again guys are so predictable rupaul john taffer abby lee miller gonna marry rupaul because of his hollywood connections uh gonna kill john taffer because he's annoying i'm gonna fuck abby lee miller because i have a wheelchair fetish uh next up favorite love after lockup couple obviously like clint and tracy are iconic however um Mauricio and Amanda the redhead they had like a a story that transcended because it's not depressing they like made it out and she had the most bleak upbringing you could like literally ever imagine the bleakest um you know her mom being addicted to drugs her like pimping her out her going to jail for years and years like spending her like teenage years in like almost all of her twenties in jail coming out, having children, having a beautiful relationship with her husband. Um, I root for them. She seems to be doing good. I love them. That couple. I can't even like, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I have to like Google their names because or her name. Cause I, I feel like it's undignified to not properly. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. It's Brittany and Marcelino. <laughs> That's my favorite couple. I love them so much. Um, next question. Is A24 the worst or am I a hater? Um, both. <laughs> like, I don't even know. It's just like a company. They've made some good movies. They've made some ones that I'm just like, I don't know if I want to watch that, but they're not the worst. But I guess there's like film bros in New York that you hear about on the internet. And they seem bad, but like, I don't know it's fine they produced the new john and kate uh, peacock thing so which i think i'll talk about later or no i didn't there's that's the only question about it the new john early kate berlant thing is fucking amazing i watched it twice in one day um and they produced it i guess i don't know what produced i don't know what anything means um but for that reason alone a24 is fine maybe get a grip or doubt. I don't care. Next question. Teresa Judice making a comeback this year? Um, I don't fucking know. Probably not. Her husband's a fraud and like she's shouldn't be on the show anymore. I'm tired of her. Um next question. Not a question. Give your impression of Dorit saying Tapa. 
T-A-P-A. Like, tapas? Like, what? I don't even know what that means. Next. <laughs> also, not even... Well, pick a housewife's location. I've always wanted Greenwich, Connecticut to be a location, but Andy Cohen actually went on record during a Watch What Happens Live episode that I happened to be watching. And he said he actually tried for Greenwich, Connecticut, and it didn't work out. I mean, just the, the level of wealth in Greenwich is psychotic, and I I just wanted to see that. Um, that's why we started watching the housewives in the first place, is, is to see wealth we couldn't imagine. But, like, Orange County, as wealthy as it is, there's, like, a California virus going around, like, you know, Laguna Beach, the Hills, the OC, not Orange County Housewives, but the show, the OC. Um, but I thought Greenwich would be cool. Guess it didn't work out. Um, thoughts on Friday night dinner? Question mark. Firebird haven't seen either. Okay, a few people asked this question. Like three people asked, is Diana Jenkins a sex trafficker? I guess Diana Jenkins, but I like to say Diana because it just seems like that's how she'd like to be called. Um, yes, Diana is a sex trafficker, and she's been sex trafficking Lisa Rinna and her daughters for years. Look it up. Next question. Favorite New York housewife I'm currently watching from the beginning. It's Ramona Singer. Like, she is the moment. Like, come on now. Next question. Favorite pretentious arty movie? <coughs> I will say I used to love Squid and the Whale when I was in, like, high school and college, and I watched it, like, within the last year, and I thought it was the most, like, insufferable garbage I've ever seen. Um, I don't know if Jason Schwartzman is in this movie, but, like, I'll just say that I'll watch anything with Jason Schwartzman in it because I know it's about to be hitting. And I watched – oh, I can't remember the name of the movie. It's in my Letterboxd. Uh, there's a movie that's very long and drawn out. It's like two hours with like him. He's like a, a writer from Brooklyn who's like such a piece of shit, but also like I could deal with it. Like I could fix him. You know what I mean? Um, so if you're a fan of Jason Schwartzman and you want to like pause, and like jack off to him, like you just find the movie. I, I, you know, uh, next question, favorite episode of six feet under in terms of writing or moment. I don't know. So like six feet under to me is like just a movement. It's the embodiment of life and death. It's such a perfect series. As I said before, it is literally my favorite show of all time. There's no way to top it. And that's fine. Like <laughs> I'm free now. Cause I know there'll be nothing as good as that. Um, th- there's episodes that stick out or like moments that stick out. Like uh, David getting like abducted and like beaten because of, you know, also my recent tragedy that I talked about in my last little episode. Um, I love when Ruth accidentally takes ecstasy in the woods. I love when Claire has her first art show. I love the, the I mean, I won't spoil this for anyone that hasn't seen Six Feet Under because I feel like some of you guys are too young. You might have missed it. Watch Six Feet Under from the beginning. It is the best show you will, will ever see in your life. But the final montage of Six Feet Under, the series finale, um, is just implanted in my brain. It's imprinted. I think about it from t- every time I see like a Toyota Prius. Sometimes I think about it because that's what Claire's driving. And the way they ended that series, like, oh, damn, it is just. 
I'm not going to cry. <laughs> like I might, <laughs> I'm not going to, um, the, that's your answer. Thank you for asking. You know, I love six feet stuff. And for the record, I am going to have very old dear friend of mine on the pod soon. And she's the person who introduced me to six fender. And, uh, we're going to talk about that. That's coming in the month of July. Also, John early will be coming back on the pod in the month of July. So if you're going to unsubscribe, maybe think twice. Also, like I need money for medical bills for my attack two weeks ago. Just kidding. I don't, but like, don't <laughs> just don't unsubscribe. I need money. I have like some trips coming up and gas is so expensive. <laughs> um someone asked thoughts on scream honest to god every single scream movie is fucking amazing the last one i was like "Mm, okay but like so i've seen the first three obviously the first one's top tier um then i think i was with friend of the pod sean and we watched the fourth one um like on Halloween, I thought I'd seen it, but then we started watching. I was like, "Oh, I've actually never seen this," and I loved it. Um, every screen movie is good. Next question: Is Irma Vep worth watching? I actually talked about that earlier. Yes, one hundred. I watched the movie because I thought I'd already seen it, so I watched the first episode of the HBO series, and then I was like, I remember the cover of the movie Irma Vep from like the 90s i was like i think i've seen this but i started watching it i realized i had not seen it then i fell asleep like right at the end kind of and i just never picked it up again and um i don't know i I think you can just totally watch the series without the movie or maybe just read the wikipedia anyways next question what daria character are you i mean like i'm i'm daria i'm trent i'm jane i'm quinn i'm sandy uh i'm i'm her dad <laughs> like a lot i'm just all of them um that shows it's huge daria's um a huge influence on me and um, my writing that show really made me feel seen and i hate that expression so much feeling seen but i was like oh wow you can just you know uh be the misery chick that's the name of one of the episodes i think the misery chick and i'm like yeah (laughs) everyone from upstate is the misery chick whether you like it or not and um i leaned into it after that um next question not a not a question but in the new chucky tv show he kills a kid's dad because he calls him a faggot all the time I did watch the new Chucky TV show kind of in the background. Um, on Christmas day, I was at friend, the pod Antonio's house, uh, his mom's house in upstate New York. I put it on. So like me, him, his mom and friend of the pod, Rachel were watching us in the background for eight hours. And we we're just kind of like, Whoa, this is crazy. Also a Canadian show. Um, but it was cool. And like, there was like a clickbait moment where it's like, Chucky's like my kid's non-binary like and they're like oh this show's woke I'm like actually no if you contextualize it like he's being a fucking piece of shit and it's funny um either way whatever it's there's so much more of the show than that and there's like violent weird shit going on and you know I don't know I liked it um next question what reality tv competition show would you do best at and where would you place I always think I could like win project runway but I couldn't maybe I could win stitched 
I don't know. I mean, naked and afraid, I'd probably suck at. I hate being naked. Um, competition shows. I mean, what else is there? Mm. Oh my god, James Charles Instant Influencer. That's what I, I need to get on that. We gotta bring Benny back. I feel like Benny's privately transitioning and like I have a screenshot from Bone Yang's Instagram where he's like, Oh, this person like creeps me out so much. This little boy. First of all, Benny was 18. Also, like, how dare you? I will if I ever get caught in the crossfire. That screenshot is coming out. It is on deck. Bone Yang, you're going down. My neighbor. Because he's like next door to me on the grid on on the apps. Um, but you cross Benny, you cross me too. Just a sweet, innocent person. How dare you? Who wore little bunny ears that made you uncomfortable? I'm sorry. People really have... They want to dish it out, but they can't take it, quite frankly. Okay, two questions left actually like three but two of them are so uh, one is have you watched rrr yet i don't know what that is it's a netflix movie it seems bollywood i don't watch subtitles right now next question thoughts on charlie's theron's southern accent in the devil's advocate i have been meaning to rewatch this movie and i don't even know if i've actually seen it but it's on my list it's always popping up i'm like i'll be ready to watch this at some point keanu reeves and al pacino i'm like that's an interesting mix because like one can act and one can't <laughs> i think you know who i'm talking about um i didn't even know charlie's theron was in it and her southern accent i have not heard so sorry i can't answer your question but okay one last question Movies you're looking forward to seeing. Thoughts on the Barbie movie. Basically, I'm just looking forward to seeing Top Gun in the theater. I haven't seen it yet. I got to see Top Gun. There was that uh, other movie about, you know, was it Viggo Mortensen? No, I don't. It's like the movie with like Kristen Stewart and like the body parts and all that shit. That looked cool. It was at Williamsburg Cinemas, then it left within like a week. So I was like, fuck, I missed it. I'm looking forward to seeing Top Gun. I'm looking forward to seeing Lena Dunham's new movie, Canterbury Tales, or whatever the fuck it's called. But Sharp Stick, which I've already seen at a screening at Sundance, I mean online, virtually, was fucking amazing. And I can't wait. I mean, people are going to hate it. I already know because I've looked at the letterbox reviews. It's like doing very poor in that. But like people have already made up their mind about Lena Dunham. Um, and they're losers and they're frauds. So I want to watch that again because that was so much more offbeat and unexpected than you would think um and hot like it was fucking cool and strange like i she can't she did it she fucking tore sharp snake crazy um next, the second part of that question is thoughts on the barbie movie i trust greta gerwig's vision it looks zany it looks weird I've been meaning to ask front of the pod hard enough for some tea, but I haven't because like, I don't know if I could keep in the lockbox. So I would, I don't want to ask because, um, you know, sh I think she would trust me with the information, but I don't trust myself with the information. So I have not asked, but she's in it and that's like public information. That's fine. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. People had problems with like Ryan Gosling being Ken. I'm like, uh, they're like, well, you know, like he's not the ideal man. I'm like, well, that's maybe not the point of the fucking movie. Like you make a movie. 
I like to see you be in charge of making the Barbie movie. Like Twitter follow, like we have 24 followers on Twitter. <laughs> Sorry. No one's getting on board with your vision because you don't have one. Anyways, guys, it's late. It's almost two in the morning and I've, I think I've recorded for, you know, probably an hour and 15 solo. Um, thank you for sticking around this long. If you have, um, really appreciate it. Uh, wait, I had, um, oh, I, you know, I was on two podcasts this week. So if you're, (laughs) if you haven't got enough, I was on unpopular with Jacques Peterson and I was on crisis train. <laughs> I was on crisis twink <laughs> with drew. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> it's late again. I've been up since five forty-five in the morning. Um, those are both free episodes. You can find them again. Unpopular with JP crisis twink with drew. Um, yeah, I'm reaching for my phone and I'm thinking, do I lead us out with a song? I don't have one lined up. What should I do? Oh, I'll just play some Post Malone. Okay. Love you guys. Thank you so much. Again, don't unsubscribe. Nope.